We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Leaders that are truly inspiring and motivating and people want to follow, they're not ordered to follow, right? They're not told to follow. They want to. Their souls want to follow. Those are the people that that show up in that manner. And so through the awareness piece, you know, I became aware of so many flaws and and just mistakes that I made in all these different areas. And it really comes to light because other people have the courage to share their mistakes and their vulnerabilities. But as you think back to all that time you spend reading and listening, there's no power in any of it if you don't take any action, right? It doesn't exist. The only time there's power is when you take that information and you take action. The Greek philosopher Heraclitus said, nothing is permanent except change. Transformation can never take place without change. Too often, though, we get stuck behind the wall of mediocrity. This podcast will guide you from mediocrity to transformation. Welcome to Beyond Bricks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this conversation. I'm super excited to interview somebody who has become extremely instrumental in my life. I had a good friend of mine that stayed on me for two years to go attend an experiential leadership course. And I finally took the plunge and I went. And I can't tell you, words can't express what I learned and what I took away from this such a huge impactful weekend. I don't say that to blow any smoke. Because I've read probably every leadership book you can read. I continue to read them. I try to be around great leaders in all aspects of my life. But this weekend changed my life. And not only did it change my life, I've had the opportunity now to sponsor a number of people to go and do experience the very same thing. And now it's just become such a part of who I am. And that's why I want to introduce this human being to you because I'm confident in this short conversation we're going to have together, you're going to learn a lot. Also, I want to invite you right off the bat for our success summit in Dallas, Texas. Brett's going to be there and he's going to pour into you and teach you some leadership principles that will change your life. So I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Brett Johnston. He is the CEO of an organization called Rapport Leadership. Brett, thank you for making time to have this conversation with me. So if you would just kick the conversation off. Tell us about you. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for the introduction too. That's something that you and I, that's how we met that wonderful weekend together that we had. But also that's really one of the biggest things that we have in common with each other are those two and a half days. So again, thanks for having me. I'm very excited about the summit that you're holding. Very excited to be a part of that. And I am passionate about leadership and I'm passionate about leadership because fundamentally, it's just transformed my life and leadership such a broad term and we use it just you know so fearlessly we throw leadership out there but it really it really has to do with the person so a little bit about who i am i'm a father of three i have a son that's going to be 19 here shortly i've got a daughter that's uh, 15 that's learning to drive right now and my youngest is 12 
going on 13. So I'm a father of three, been married for 21 years to my beautiful wife, Jamie, who is fearlessly and ferociously attacking her career right now. And I get to be her biggest cheerleader and supporter in that. But a little bit about where I came from. I grew up in Utah. At a very young age, I went to work about 12 years old. And I look at that now as if I have a you know 12-year-old son. And I think not even, even though my oldest, I did send to work about 13. Went to work about 12. And what I learned early on was all different kinds of communication styles, leadership styles, and what it really meant to work hard and and earn respect from people by working hard. So that was the first key to me was if I work hard, I'll show people what I'm made of. And by doing that and being the example and that role model, even at a young age, allows me to start to build that rapport with people. And what happened was early on, I started to lead people growing up on a farm. And a cool thing about growing up on a farm is you're given tasks, not always how to do them. It's just simply, here's the outcome we're after and get it, you know, you take as much time as you want, but it's still the end result and what success looks like. And so that was where I really started to shape and mold what it meant for me to take action, get creative, come up with solutions, really dig in. And uh, JFDI, as you learn at Rapport, just focus and do it. Because essentially, everything in this life has a meaning, and I give it the meaning. And I learned that early on. I give it the meaning. My attitude is everything. If I have a positive attitude for something, well, guess what? I'm going to have a positive outcome usually because I'm the one that gives it the meaning. So learned that at a young age. Started in the concrete pumping industry about 18 years old because it was the first time in my life I had a job that paid by the hour. So I was excited about that and grew into leading and running a business. And at 26, 27 years old, I started my own company. I've learned a lot, but as you mentioned, those two and a half days, that two and a half days was very instrumental in my life. And the reason why is I was extremely successful in so many ways, leading lots and lots of people, a few different businesses, very excited about those things. And keep in mind, this is 2006, 2007, 2008 is when I went to class, January. So it was just 15 years ago. And what I learned was that I had so much more to learn. What I learned was I was extremely blessed and I had so much to be grateful for. I didn't have any respect for what things had happened in my life and the beautiful marriage that I had and the wonderful kids that I had. And, and so wrapping myself into this awareness training at two and a half days really started to open the doors. And it was, it took me a while to unpack a lot of those things, which really what led me to participating in a, in an advisory board for the company, becoming a trainer for the company. And then eventually about six years ago, working with a dear friend of mine and, and mentor Mark Mahoney and the purchasing rapport. And since then, you know, we brought in a new leadership team and a new, more, you know, Bridget Priest, who's currently the president is also a partner of ours now. And our cause is to help people see the best version of them. And you do that by really understanding where you're at right now. So that's really the baseline of where we begin. That's a little bit of the backstory of me. You know, there's been plenty of ups and downs, but all in all, who I surround myself with is definitely why I'm where I'm at. The things that I challenge myself with are also why I'm where I'm at. And I'm okay saying I'm sorry. I'm okay admitting I'm wrong. And I love that part of leadership, that humility and 
and really starting to have empathy for people, which is next back to my favorite or value myself is love. When I look at my unique ability and my purpose, love is the, the very forefront and center of it, which is why I love training classes. Awesome. So that gives us a great background. So you've already given us a number of attributes about leadership. But one of the things you said that I don't want the listeners to miss is that one of my big takeaways from those two and a half days was becoming aware of the unaware. And thinking that I had pretty good self-awareness, boy, I learned I had some gaps. So just speak to that for a moment, because you even called it just a minute ago, awareness training which I think is a brilliant way to describe it. Yeah, everybody goes, so so what kind of leadership training is this? And I simply go, it's it's awareness training. It's just packaged under leadership because most people really are unaware. And it really starts to grow legs the further we get in our lives. So, you know, I was just listening to a friend talk the other day and this friend is 79, almost 80 now, I think. And his awareness, even though he has such strong awareness in certain areas of his life, He's missing awareness in other areas. And so the the beautiful part about this two and a half days in becoming aware of being unaware is it starts to peel back the vulnerability of who we are. And leaders that are truly inspiring and motivating and people want to follow, they're not ordered to follow, right? They're not told to follow. They want to. Their souls want to follow. Those are the people that that show up in that manner. And so through the awareness piece, you know, I became aware of so many flaws and and just mistakes that I made in all these different areas. And it really comes to light because other people have the courage to share their mistakes and their vulnerabilities. At that point is is where I really start to look back and go, that's I am definitely a person who is an after rapport person because I have no idea where I'd be at in this life without having that time to stop what I was doing. Very busy, very driven. Talk about that later, but to just stop and think and breathe and get real and get honest and put people don't like doing it in the first place. They don't like it. If you do like it, you're somebody like me who who knows that's where all the growth comes from. So I look for it all the time. Uh, but most people don't like it. And so they stay away from it. They stay away from those uncomfortable spaces where some of those insecurities or vulnerabilities are going to show up. They don't put themselves in those places. And the cool thing about leadership is leadership is like, I know this is a weakness of mine. Therefore, I'm going to put myself in that place because the more I put myself in that place, the more I'll grow and learn. And when you talked about becoming aware of being unaware, that's where sometimes it hurts. It really does. It, sometimes the person that we're looking back at, the person that I was looking back at at that time, I was not, I wasn't proud of that person. I knew better. I, I had more value than that. I had better role models and teachers. And yet I got stuck in the go to work, build businesses, lead people. I can't be honest with someone about how I am because then they wouldn't listen to me about how I expect them to be. So this is, It's just where this transformation, that's why we call it a transformational leadership program. So you said something there too, Brett, that I want to pull apart just for a moment is leadership is about really when you're doing a good job of it, people want to follow you. They voluntarily follow you. So leadership is not a designation. It's not a title. So I think as I'm hearing that, I got to ask myself, 
well, would I follow me? I look at it like being a parent. If my kids know that I love them and I care about them and I want the best for them and they know that, does that mean that there's not going to be arguments? Does that mean that there's not going to be conflict? Does it mean that there's not going to be moments where they're like, what are you talking about? Right? It's no different in our businesses. It's no different in our friendship. But what I do know is I only communicate one way. And that's honestly, when I'm honest with people, I'm just honest in all areas when I'm vulnerable. And that's honest about myself too. When I'm honest with people, it creates that level playing field. And then where we get to build that foundation, we talk about that in the training. Remember that the high performance team and the foundation being trust, right? So if I can't be honest with myself, how can I ever be honest with anyone else? And if I can't ever be honest with anyone else, how is there ever going to be any trust? And if there's never any trust, how can we ever build a business or a relationship without that foundation, which is why it's so important? Okay, so let's pull some apart since you brought it up. I want you to teach for a minute. Something that we teach oftentimes is if you steal from your own industry, you're a thief. But if you steal from other industries, you're an innovator. So I stole so much stuff from you, Brett. So this high performers team model, I love to teach it. I love the pyramid and at the base of relationships. And then we move into the role. Then we move into brainstorming and goals. But why that was so impactful for me is that I was the leader that only focused on the goal. I flipped that whole pyramid upside down, Brett. And I left a lot of dead bodies in the ditch along the way because I forgot about the relationship and and making sure I'm recognizing people and developing trust and defining a culture and really getting clarity in their role and then collaborating in, with a brainstorming. So speak to that high performance team model, if you would, just for a moment and how impactful that is. Well, you think about relationships for a moment and think about your purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, that's okay. People are constantly looking for, why am I here? Like, who am I? Not what am I? Not what is my job title? Like, who am I? And so as, as we think about our purpose, almost always a purpose has to do with people and it has to do with relationships and why we're here and why we do what we do. You don't jump out of bed so that you can make five more dollars. You just don't do it. You jump out of bed because of the people that you are, that inspire you and motivate you and the challenge that you've given yourself to help inspire and motivate others through the things you've learned. An innovator, that's me too. I, I really have never learned anything new on my own. I have poached all of it, stolen all of it from other people. Absolutely. Books, podcasts, mentors, role models, coaches, you name it. They come up with something. Now, when does it become real for me? When I've actually used it. When do I get the aha moments? When I make the mistakes. So did you think back to that high performance team model, thinking about the baseline is relationships. That's everything. If your relationships are solid, everything else can withstand. So it's like if your marriage is solid, if your relationships with your uh, you know coworkers are solid, whatever's going on in the business, you know you can take that turmoil. You can have those moments where you know they can say, "Hey, I know Nathan. There's no way. You know, I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about Nathan's intent for just a moment, and you can start gauging people." in our relationships, in our marriages, or, you know, friendship groups and coworkers, we can start gauging people on their intent versus their impact. Now, as leaders, start to look at our impact. Very easy to make the argument, that's not what I meant by this, or that's not what I intended for this to be, right? But really, truly, what was the impact I made? 
the impact I made is not the outcome that I want. So then I get to talk from a place of the outcome, own it, move on. You know, then we start talking about once you move on to outside of the relationships, we start talking about roles and responsibilities, right? Yeah. Because it's important to understand those things because everyone, whether it's even in our peer groups, friendships and relationships, again, it's all the same. It doesn't matter where it's at. It's all the same. It's important that everyone understands their roles and not just understands the role, understands the authority that they have with them and that we're releasing them that authority to take on those roles and responsibilities. One more important key to that is that do we have an agreement with that? Because we have lots of expectations about the people in our lives, but how many agreements do we actually have? As you start to think about all those different things and see where we're out of alignment, right? Because most of it always starts with the goals, always starting with the goals. And then we start to look at, you know, who's responsible for those goals and all these things. Goals are important. Accountability is important, right? Is creativity important to you? It's everything. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Creativity is where the passion comes from. Right. Because if it's just the mundane everyday thing, man, I got to tell you, it's hard to get that passionate about it. But when you throw in a little spice of creativity, by creativity, I can mean a new face. Doesn't a new face become a little bit creative? A new obstacle, a new challenge, a new client, right? All these things start to open up that creative space. So creating a high performance team model in all areas of our lives, very important foundation trust. Yeah, we got to learn to trust ourselves. And there's so many people that that don't trust themselves. They, they've lost that self-love. They've lost that, you know, and or they find it impossible to really own their own world, right? They To own their space or where they're at or why they're where they're at in their lives. You just said something there that I think that keeping this, this visual, the high performance team and that base of that pyramid being relationships, but you just said, People have to learn to trust themselves. So relationship with self is where it starts. How do you guide somebody to really look themselves in the mirror? I think you said this at Rapport, rub the fog off and get real honest with yourself. Yeah, we talk about, you know, when you get out of the shower and the mirror's fogged up and, and you look at yourself and you, you can just see this kind of outline in the fog and what do you have to do to take a good hard look at yourself? You've got to wipe the fog off the mirror. But our lives are so fast. Why are they so fast? Well, we created it. Whatever the life is, I hate to tell you, you created that life, every ounce of it. Someone else didn't create that for you. You still make the choices every day. So as we stop and as we breathe, that's why the people that are most profound leaders are the best listeners. You know who they listen to the most? Selves. They do. They're just wonderful at it. They also are the ones that dig in and really work on you know, breath work or meditation or just spending time alone thinking. Because when we do those things, we start to ask ourselves questions like, what kind of a role model am I? Or what kind of a leader am I? You know, am I somebody that focuses on the positive in situations? Or am I someone that always focuses on the negatives? Am I someone that's proactive with things? Or am I someone that's reactive? Now, and the, the list goes on and on and on. But ultimately, if you really get honest and start answering these questions, yeah, you may not like the person you're looking at. You may not like the answers you give, but that's okay. Because only at that moment do you get to decide, now I know exactly where I'm at. Now I know to some degree who I am right now. Then you get to decide who will I be from this moment forward. That's where the power really comes from, the honesty. So guiding people to be honest with themselves 
can be calling them on their BS. And by that, I mean their belief systems. We all know people about have a strong belief system. That belief system may sound like, well, that's not me. I don't do that. Or you should know me by now, right? I don't do those things. I'm not good at technology. How many people are that person, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And they label themselves and that becomes their belief system. That could happen at a very young age where someone else told them that. There's a generation right now, or there's there's five generations right now in the workforce. There's people in all areas of belief systems. So as we look to commonalities, the commonalities are found in the truth in ourselves. So whatever that honesty is with ourselves, that's where the commonalities are found. And when someone makes the choice to accept the truth, not because it's forced down their throat, just because a question's asked, not a question that has to be really shared outwardly. But when that honesty switch is turned on, whew, that's where the honesty starts to happen. So helping people get real is just questions. Like I've never gotten someone to be honest with themselves by telling them. It just doesn't happen. What happens when you tell me I'm in a corner? Ready Come to on, go. swing it. Yeah. It is ego, right? Yep. So, yeah. Let me stay there for a second and just. I love what you're saying. So it's so much brilliance there about asking questions and putting yourself in an environment to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. So I would contend that the best investment we can make is in ourselves. So that means that the books we read, they can't be just shelf help. They got to be self-help. That means we got to do something with them. We have to go make investments in experiential or awareness training with your organization, like Rapport. For myself, I have a therapist I see on a regular basis to ask me questions because I don't even know sometimes what I'm thinking. So we have to intentionally put ourselves in uncomfortable situations to make that. I love what you said about the meaning of your life. You determine the meaning. Nobody else. It's your choice. So what are other practical things, Brett, that you would tell somebody to do? Well, first of all, I want you to think back to what you just talked about in the sense that talking about books for a moment. I know you love to read. And I know you love to listen to books. I know you also like to listen to the short form that just gives you the key points in a book, right? You shared that with me. But as you think back to all that time you spend reading and listening, there's no power in any of it if you don't take any action, right? It doesn't exist. The only time there's power is when you take that information and you take action with it. So as you think about taking action. When people look at you as a leader, it's in the action you take. And it's also sometimes in the action you take that's not taking action. And what I mean by that is there are some things that you just don't need to fix. There are some things that you just do not need to put yourself into and inject yourself into. Many people are familiar with the, the saying of, you know, women just want to be heard. They don't want to be fixed. That's, that's no different for, for anyone. I mean, most people Lots of times just want to be heard. They don't want to be fixed. And sometimes they want to share the situation. They don't want you to fix it. They just want to be heard. So as you think about making that impact, it's like, am I impacting people in helping them learn to fish or am I impacting them in catching fish for them? Am I impacting them in just feeding them? Right. And, and the more we do for them, the less they learn how to do for themselves. And that goes back to those roles and responsibilities. It's like when you, when you have the right people in your circles, you're not training and coaching and mentoring them. 
all you're helping them do is see your vision. It's like, here's my vision. This is what I see. This is the outcome. This is what success looks like. I have no idea how you're going to get there. I have no idea what you need to get there. But this is the fun part. That's your job, right? So, so you tell me what you need from me. You tell me what some of those resources are. You tell me how Brett can help you do your job better, more successful, or you know, do more with your time because it's the same thing that I'm working on every day. How do I do more with my time? And you talk about taking time to to read and learn. Again, I've learned so much and I read 10 pages a day. That's all. And I know that because I'm reading 10 pages. Now, sometimes on the weekends, hey, I enjoy diving in for a couple hours, you know, and and really reading. And sometimes it's the hour of the ebook or the hour of the podcast. And some days it's 15 minutes because I'm checked out. But ultimately, one of the biggest things that I've learned about leadership is I can be present for that 10 pages for that book. I can be present for that one hour in the gym where I was crushing my workout, but I had a wonderful podcast on or a wonderful ebook right? Going. The latest one that I just finished is buy back your time, right? And all these things are happening. That's the only way Brett multitasks, by the way. I do not multitask in any facet. I'm only doing one thing. I may be doing two, but I'm only present doing one of them. And being present in leadership, back to love, if I truly love and care about someone, I'm I'm with them. My mind's with them. My, my body's with them. My heart's with them. And that's really what happened in that that two and a half days at rapport, people weren't anywhere else. We were all a hundred percent there. Now there's moments in time in the reflection stage, we're off on a journey thinking about how we're showing up or not showing up. So the reason why I bring all that up is early on in our careers, we get lots of feedback early, early on in our businesses. Again, lots of feedback. It's like we're molding and developing and creating and we're we're looking and 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 we're reaching out for anyone and everyone to give us information we're like a sponge and the further we go in business the less we're looking the less we start to the more we start to believe we don't want to know more or we don't want to open up pandora's box or i don't want to go down that rabbit hole i've done that before but ultimately the self work the self help we'll go spend tens of thousands of dollars investing in technology just like that we will, we will invest in new team members and all of their training and upbringing just like that. Any, any tools and resources, depending on your, your job or trade, this new technology that comes out, right? It's just like, oh, yes, that will be a game changer. Who, who created that? Who, who dreamed that up? Who, whose vision was that, right? And what happens is our teams start to outpace us. See, if we as leaders, our job in leading people our jobs to be the innovators. Our job is to, to learn and to create and have this vision. That's it. That's all our job is. And our job is to support and empower and motivate. And we do that foundation of trust. That's why we can't stop growing. We can't stop learning because it's just like your business. Your business never stops. And just is this, it's like, oh, I've, I've reached the perfect spot in my business. It's just the revenue is perfect. The client base is perfect. The, the profit margin. Oh, perfect. Right. All everything's perfect does not exist. Does not exist. It's either growing and getting better or it's the opposite of that. Right. That's a fact. There's no perfect place. 
There's no perfect place in our marriage. There's no perfect place in parenting. There's no perfect place in our relationships. Just sometimes are better than others, right? So by investing in ourselves, I have invested more in myself financially since that two and a half days. You know, that's been 15 years and it's just been consistently every year. It's more and more and more and more. And the more I invest in myself, the more I get a return on that investment, just like a business. Crazy. When we see it on a balance sheet or a profit and loss statement, it's easy for us to go, oh, now that made sense. Yes. Put more into that. Put more into that marketing. Put more into that, that, that gratitude party for all of our, you know, wonderful clients. Put more into the thank you cards. Put more into all these things. No, put more into us, put more into us as an individual, put more into our team members, put more into those people. Because again, it goes back to purpose is, is almost always going to be centered around, are you making people better? Some Whatever that purpose is, somehow it's manifesting in, in betterment of, of people. So Brett, let me ask you this question. Why is it so hard for people to make that investment in themselves? Cheap. Is it a lack of awareness? Scared. scared. What are they scared of? What, what, but what are people scared of? So it's, it's like, not me. I don't need that. I'm good. I mean, I've, if I haven't heard that a thousand times, not me, not right now, I'm good. Or, or, you know, I've got a very dear friend and it's okay. Cause I've been very honest with him. His comment to me was Brett, I do not have time to work on my personal life right now. My personal life will be just fine. It is a hundred percent. My business, my professional life. When I get that figured out and ironed out and dialed, my personal life will be perfect. And I didn't laugh. I wanted to cry because man, the BS. No, let me tell you when you internally, when I'm internally doing well, when I'm internally, when my energy is at its peak level, when my focus is at its peak level, when I'm present in my conversations, when I'm purposeful and driven and I do all the time, I'll tell you about all the things that I do. It's like when I'm executing at that level, that's when things are great. And I don't even know what's going on around me because I'm starting with myself internally. Then I go into these situations, businesses, oh, different businesses. I've, you know, the different businesses that I have are from, you know, 50 people to a hundred people to, you know, 20 people to three. Now, the one that gives me the most money, the three people, the one that gives me the most meaning, biggest challenge, usually the most people, right? So there's, there's something that's always correlates in there. And I know for a fact that when a person focuses on themselves and grows that, that internal machine, their brain and connects that brain to their heart, you know, we can go on and on about all these connections all day, but when we make that connection to our why and the, who we are. So when I say, Nathan, who are you? And you say, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so and I say, no, Nathan, who are you? And you come back with another response and we start to really dig in on the who you are. When someone gets real with who they are and they start to drive from that space and then they invest in the who they are. Yes, our actions become to some degree what other people see as what we are, but it's focused on growing the who we are and that's where we invest. And you know, you have weaknesses. So you invest in those weaknesses. If you have a weakness in your business, we immediately invest in the weakness. So again, the people don't do it, I believe, simply because it's like never going to have enough time, never going to be the right timing. You know, yes, they'll use the excuse of money sometimes, but very rarely does it ever have to do with money. It's usually just, you know, if they're going to spend money on things, they don't want to spend money on themselves. 
I don't know what it is. Here's what I love. I've not heard you say this before, but I'm, this is my big takeaway. When I'm struggling with something myself, I have to challenge my own BS, my own belief system, and really get real with it and change my actions and invest in myself. So I'm going to transition the conversation to what's your routine? What do you do? Oh, man, I love this part. Ah, it's it's so structured. It's embarrassing for some people. They're like, what are you doing? And yet it's not like I actually keep scheduling more time and I write it down in my journal as breathing. So I'll tell you exactly how my day works. And this is seven days a week because I love it. And this is on vacation. I mean, I'm in doesn't matter where I'm at. I love it. I like getting up early. I love the quiet, cool air of the morning. I love the peace and and tranquil spirit that I have of feeling renewed and rested. And I love to come from that place with that meditation. And meditation for me, just to be clear, is not some philosophical great thing right now. I'm not that in that stage. My brain still runs way too fast. It's simply breathing right now. I breathe for the first five to 10 minutes of my day. I breathe and I just breathe and I just get in touch with my breath. And then I may start to ask myself, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for this day and I'm grateful to be here and I'm grateful to be in this bed because I'm doing it in bed. I haven't even got out of bed yet. I'm grateful for all the people in my life. I'm grateful for the opportunities and the challenges. I'm grateful that I have an opportunity to, to be challenged today. And then from there, my feet hit the floor and I've got a renewed sense of why I'm ready to rock and roll. Because I choose. I can choose to be like, oh, man, I'm tired. Or you know what? I'm ready to go. Like when my feet hit the floor, choice, ready to go. Then I get to make coffee for my wife. Go make her a cup of coffee. And that's my gift to her. Her love language is acts of service. And because I don't like to do a lot of things around the house, that's one of the things I get to do is make her a cup of coffee. Um, and then it's time to read, time to journal. I journal first thing in the morning. And the reason why I journal first thing in the morning is allows me to run my day the previous day through a filter. If I run it when I'm in the emotional state, when I, if I journal in that emotional moment, I read it the next day and go, what in the world was that? But when I'm able to filter my day before, I see it very clearly. I can see the entire day. I can see the things that were meaningful. I can see the impact that I made. I can, I can talk about those things. I can talk about the mistakes I made. I talk about the good things that I've done. I, I address my wins every morning. I write down at least three wins I had from the day before that I know were impactful. Some days I have a lot. Some days it's just three, but I won. I have wins. Talk about my goals for that day, first thing in the morning, because I've, I've reflected on them the night before, a planner the night before. I know what my action items are for the next day. I have my agenda and my calendar and all that stuff, but I talk about my goals in the morning and I, and I share that with Jamie. Here's my goals for the day. Here's the impact that I, and usually it's very high level. It's It's the impact that I'm committed to making that day. It's the it's the way I'm going to make people feel today. It's how I'm going to give my my precious time today, right? And then it's time to go to work at the gym. I got to go get some good exercise in. I get to feed my heart and my body by putting in that workout, you know, and I'm very structured on the workout. I share with you, you know, the push-ups, the air squats, and then muscle groups every day and legs. It's just like, I know I'm, I run a minimum of, you know, 15 to 20 miles a week, making sure that I get that, that time and that, that, that focus time doing those things. And then after that, I, I do like the intermittent fasting been helpful for me to do that. And, and I like to, to fast till 11, 12 o'clock, something like that. First meal, 
very, you know, deep in my emotional sense of when I'm starving, I want to eat everything. And so I make sure that I just eat something that's good for me. And then I have a protein shake in the afternoon. During the day, I structure time in my day where I will write down in my calendar, call mom and dad. I still have parents. I get to call them. I get to call them every day. So part of my my daily routine, yep, call my parents, call my kids, talk to my kids every day. I get to drive my daughter to school. I get to drive my uh, son to karate, my daughter to karate. I get to do all these things. I get to, and I love it because I've already lost one in that realm that got his driver's license. So I no longer get to do those things. And And during the day, when I schedule a meeting, I schedule it from this time to this time in my book. My The person I'm meeting with might not know that it's a 15-minute meeting. They might not know that it's a 30-minute meeting. But I start the meeting with the outcome that I'm after, and I share with them the impact that I want to make, and I share with them that I want to hear how where they're at and how they're doing, right? And that might may I may have scheduled 15 minutes, and it may take them 12 to share with me those things, and I only have three now to share with them a, a few things, and that's okay. I'll share with them the few things, and I move on. So I structure my day in that way that allows me to keep moving quickly. Was it more important that I gave them all that I wanted to give them? Or is it more important that I listened to them that day? It could be challenged some days. I've just got to give them all of it, right? But yet for me in building those relationships and those connections and that trust, it's more important for me to listen to them first and to hear them out. You know, as I get through my entire day, I schedule blocks of time, whether it's an hour or two hours, and I just call it breathe. That's where I just sit down, go back in my journal turn off all, all distractions. And I just think now this is my think and create and, and dream time. And what am I missing based on the conversations I had today? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? How, what, what can I do with my time to make the biggest impact with my team, with the people, you know, who have I not reached out to that I was committed to doing? And I go back and I have lists and I can, I love checklists. Checklists are great. Allow me to go back and check things off, but it's a very structured day. At the end of the day, I want to be so tired that when my head hits that pillow, it's the countdown. It's like, you know, you got you got 10 minutes, you're out. That's that's literally how my day runs. I want to, I know I want to leave a, a skid mark at the end of it, right? So very structured day, whether it's phone calls, whether it's, and I love in person. So I do a lot of driving because if I can be with someone in their space, like if I could be with you right now in your space, I would choose that every time. If it's possible, right? If it's not possible, hey, love Zoom. Zoom is a game changer. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's close with this. Uh, two things. First off, when you come and speak at our success summit, what can people expect from you? First of all, participation. You know, at Rapport, it's all about participating. So you're not going to sit there and just listen. We're going to have some participation happening. We're going to get you out of your chairs for a few moments. Um, and, and participating in a way that many of you maybe have never participated. It's going to be short and sweet, but ultimately, um, you know, I want you to understand that I'm taking time away from my son's 19th birthday to come and be there with you. And that's how much it means to me to be able to spend that time with you. And so I'm coming in with the intent to make sure that you learn something about yourself, that you learn something about other people that are there with you, preferably someone that's close to you. And that you leave there with a deeper understanding of just who you are. Because when we have that deep understanding of who we are, it really ties to our purpose. When we have a strong purpose, every day is a great day. Every day we have opportunity. And every day it's all about the BS that we give it and the meaning that we give it. So that's what you can expect to 
experience and we're going to have some fun because it, it is about having some fun. It is about getting real and, and getting honest. So that's what you can expect. It's going to be great. I'm oh, excited about it. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. So if you haven't registered for the success summit or you need more information, please reach out. The next thing I want to ask, rapport leadership. Now, I know when people come, they're sponsored to come. So if you're listening right now and you need a sponsor or you want to learn more, you get a hold of me. I'd be more than happy to sponsor you. But I want to, how do people learn more about what you offer and your team offers through rapport leadership? So it's it's easy. Go to the website, www.rapportleadership.com and or if you would like to, to reach out, you can reach out through there. There's lots and lots of information on the website. Outside of that, lots of information comes back from people that have actually experienced it. And you can do that through one of our leadership training advisors or client specialists. They're so passionate about their role in giving and sharing, helping people make the best decisions for themselves. But if you are asking yourself if you have more or if there's more in you, the answer is yes, there is. And you get there by taking action. That's it. So take action, go to the website, reach out to Nathan and JFDI. And what that means and stands for is just focus and do it. So don't hesitate, just do it. That's all. Okay, we're going to finish on this, Brett. Because this was impactful and you drilled this into me and you still will drill this into me each time I talk to you. And it's the idea around powerless words. So you just got done saying, take action and do it. You didn't say, I will try, maybe, let me think about it. Let's leave one practical element for the listeners right now on powerless words. You're talking about the only swear words at my home or places of business, you know, and that's the... Powerless words, powerless words, or I'll try to, need to, like to, you know, want to, if you use it in a powerless way, like to, all those things, what you can do, right? What we're talking about is is commitment, and we're talking about making commitments and making agreements to do things. And so if you're really committed to doing something, if you're really committed to a task or to someone, it's communicating a way that's very powerful, and that is what you will do. And, and so... When someone says to me that they'd like to, or, you know, they need to, or they'll try to, all that means is they're not committed. That's all it means. And so simply, are you committed to yourself or not? Are you committed to your growth or not? If you are committed to your growth, the question I would ask you is what is the worst thing that can happen? You know, rapport has a money back guarantee. You know, if you, you invest in yourself and you don't like the results, it's that simple. So we believe in what we do. So it's about taking action and there are all kinds of swear words. I know, but those are definitely the deepest ones because people know that if, if you're not committed to them, then, then obviously that there's something missing there. There's something missing there back to that foundation of relationships. We tell our, our favorite people in our lives, the most special people in our lives that we'll try and do something. So it cuts deep and we leave those marks. We can fix it, start making fewer commitments and start being purposeful and and using powerful words. It's what you will do. It's that simple. I love it. Brett, as always, brilliant. I appreciate you so much for who you are and what you represent. And I'm going to leave this conversation. What you just heard, Brett, there, commit to yourself. I encourage you to do it. You're worth it. Commit to yourself and start making those changes. Thank you. You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com. 